I'm Paul Wagner. Join me as I dig deep into the mysterious case of the Potomac River Rapist. Listen to Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's award-winning American Nightmare podcast series, available now wherever you get your podcasts. The Supreme Court rejects an appeal to grant personhood to a fetus. We'll talk to CBS legal analyst Fane Rosenbaum at 310. Major League Baseball playoffs underway with four games today. Phillies and the Braves going on right now. And the Dow is up 23 points. At 3 o'clock. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Peter King in Orlando. Ukraine's government says at least 19 people were killed with hundreds injured in the first round of Russian strikes. Correspondent Charlie Daggett says day two of attacks has been relentless. Air raid sirens here and across the country. Zaporizhia targeted once again. The Ukrainian military said more than 75 cruise missiles were fired into Ukraine. Around 40 of them were intercepted. Roughly two dozen Iranian suicide drones were used too. I'm Stephen Portnoy. A joint statement from the G7 leaders promises further defense support for Ukraine and further economic costs for Russia. The White House says President Biden spent more than 90 minutes meeting virtually with his G7 counterparts, joined by Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Mr. Biden, in a tweet, vowed to hold Russia accountable for its war and support Ukraine for as long as it takes. Adnan Syed spent decades in prison for murder, and then the evidence unraveled. Adnan Syed. An inmate at a Maryland correctional facility. Sayed's case became known to the nation in 2014 from the podcast Serial. He was sentenced to life in prison in 2000 for the murder of his former girlfriend the year before. Today, Baltimore prosecutors dropped all charges after DNA testing excluded him and his conviction was overturned. State's attorney for Baltimore, Marilyn Mosby. It's still an open and pending case, but with regard to Adnan Saeed, the case is finished. He was released from prison last month. Wendy Gillette, CBS News. More than four and a half years after he killed 17 people and wounded 17 more, a jury is deciding whether Parkland, Florida school shooter Nicholas Cruz should live or die. Prosecutor Mike Satz wants the death penalty. He says the attack was well planned. So what does he say to him? I'm going to music class. Explains his instrument that he's taking. So now he has the, the uh, something to transport his rifle, something to, to transport the vest that contains the magazines. Well, Charles, of course, is officially the king. The pomp and circumstance will come next spring. London will be adorned in glory next May 6th. Buckingham Palace has announced that will be the date for King Charles' coronation. Charles, of course, has been the king since the moment his mother died last month. The crown of the United Kingdom is solely and rightfully come to the Prince Charles the coronation will take place at Westminster Abbey, and although it will be lavish, it's expected to be less extravagant than Queen Elizabeth's in 1953. Steve Futterman, CBS News. A roller coaster day on Wall Street has the Dow up 11 and the NASDAQ down 150. This is CBS News. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Visit LibertyMutual.com to learn more. 303 on WTOP on this October 11th, 2022. Sunny skies and 72 in D.C. And good afternoon. I'm Sean Anderson. I'm Hillary Howard. 
Our top local story this hour is breaking news from Maryland. Prince George's County leaders say the curfew there worked, contributing to a drop in crime over the last month. So it is not going to end just yet. Calling it a success, Prince George's County Executive Angela Alsobrook says... That I will be extending the curfew for the remainder of this year. A few drew warnings over the initial 30-day period, but nobody was ever fined. And Alsobrook says the curfew helps parents and the community re-engage with kids and keep them out of trouble. Police Chief Malik Aziz says the stats back it up. During the curfew hours, our overall crime dropped 20%. Violent crime dropped 38%. Carjackings dropped 59%. Though they also say it's too early to directly attribute the curfew for that reduction. Our village worked together to make it happen and to remind everybody never ever to bet against a Prince Georgian. In Largo, John Dome in WTOP News. 304 and in other news, the story we've been following for you for several hours today, the murder case involving the Baltimore man who was featured in the podcast serial that case has now been dismissed our team coverage begins with wtop's melissa howe 41 year old adnan sayed has spent more than two decades behind bars today prosecutors dismissed the conviction for the murder of Heyman lee that happened back in 1999 sayed's case was detailed on the true crime podcast serial which led to questions about evidence. Last month, his conviction was vacated, a circuit court judge ruling that the state didn't share evidence that could have helped Syed's defense. He was then released and placed on home detention. Prosecutors were given 30 days to decide whether to retry the case and haven't detailed what led to the dismissal. Melissa Howell, WTOP News. I'm Mike Marillo. Today is a day that Adnan Syed and his loved ones have been waiting for for 23 long years. Assistant Maryland Public Defender Erica Suter is Adnan Syed's attorney. She says he is. Joyful. Um, he is still processing this. Suter says she understands it's a difficult day, though, for the family of the woman he was accused of killing. We extend our deepest sympathy to the family of Heyman Lee, and we join in the hopes that an investigation will bring them real answers in a sense of closure. Suter says it's too early right now to say if Syed will seek damages for being wrongfully imprisoned. And now that he's out, he plans to go back to college and has shown interest in becoming a lawyer. Mike Marillo, WTOP News. More Election Day puzzle pieces are coming together for Maryland voters. For the increasing number of voters planning to cast ballots by mail, you can request your mail-in ballot now through November 1st to have a ballot mailed or faxed to you. If you're downloading it, you have until November 4th to request one. Once completed, you can drop it off at one of the 281 ballot drop boxes in Maryland, available until 8 p.m. on Election Day when the polls close. If you're voting early but in person, Maryland's early voting centers open October October 27th for one week between 7 a.m. and 8 p.m. Elections officials encourage you to check those locations online because some of them have changed since July's primary election day. Mark Lewis, WTOP News. You know, a lot of colleges and universities have been struggling with enrollment numbers since the pandemic, but not George Mason. GMU reports its largest student body in history for the 2022 fall semester. Virginia's largest public university is also boasting a freshman class that set records for diversity and academic achievement. Statewide, public university enrollment decreased by just under 1% this year compared to fall of 2021. Mason's 2022 undergrad enrollment increased by that same amount year over year. 
The Supreme Court will not look at a case that looked to grant constitutional rights to embryos and fetuses. We'll talk to CBS's Thane Rosenbaum after traffic and another lovely forecast. It's 3.07. Fall is here. Time to break out the sweaters, set the clocks back, rake some leaves, and make sure you're COVID ready. What's COVID ready? Being prepared for COVID and its variants. Just follow these four steps. One, know your vaccination status. Two, make sure you're vaccinated and boosted. Three, be prepared with rapid at-home tests. And four, if you test positive, talk to your doctor and find a treatment location near you. Be COVID ready for fall. Visit covidlink.maryland.gov. Engage with innovators, visionaries, and partners in an action-packed day devoted to the possibilities that emerge when government and technology work together. Attend Appian Government 2022 on November 2nd to learn how you can use low code to empower your workforce, enhance citizen engagement, and reimagine service delivery. Register today at appiangovernment.com. Appiangovernment.com. We can't see tomorrow, but we can hear it. Tomorrow sounds like hydrogen being added to natural gas to make it more sustainable. It sounds like solar panels generating thousands of megawatts. And it sounds like carbon being captured and stored, keeping it out of our atmosphere. We've been bridging to a sustainable energy future for more than 20 years. Because what we do today helps ensure tomorrow is on. Enbridge. Life takes energy. 308. Traffic and weather on the 8th. Dave Dildine in the WTOP Traffic Center. The Potomac River Bridge is southbound on 395 from the 14th past the Pentagon. Delays are easing. Crash past Washington Boulevard moved out of the main lanes, all of which are open. On I-66 inside the Beltway with easy pass tolling. Now in effect, westbound traffic is slow. From Ballston toward East Falls Church Metro near Sycamore Street, a crash was reported at the top of the hour. And keep that in mind if you're solo, you're delayed and now you're being told westbound on 66. Northbound of the George Washington Parkway, slow from 123 Chain Bridge Road toward and past CIA before Turkey Run. The work zone with only one left lane getting by at last report. Beltway in Virginia, outer loop. The crash at 66, clear, but something happened just south of the interchange that's keeping outer loop traffic slow. Inner loop traffic is slow, leaving Tyson's, but the work zone north of the toll road at the Pike should now be clear. They're still paving in Manassas, 28 southbound at Manassas Drive, only one left lane getting by. 66 between the Beltway and Manassas, only heavy westbound through Centerville. Farther west, some slow traffic noted near the Front Royal exit. Uh, we'll look into that. 95 southbound, slow at the Occoquan. A couple of slow spots out of Quantico. Nothing abnormal on 95 in Maryland or in Virginia. In Maryland on I-70, westbound traffic is uh, still heavy through Mount Airy. Beyond Route 27, remains of a crash on the right side. 50 from northeast D.C. to the eastern shore. Outbound traffic on New York Avenue and South Dakota Avenue is slow. There is a crash near the Anacostia River on the right, but from Chevrolet to the Bay without further delay on 50 east. Don't miss legendary Washington quarterback Joe Theismann at WAPA's Federal Summit, an annual member meeting. Learn more at WAEPA.org. Dave Doldine, WTOP Traffic. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Amelia Draper has the details. Sunny and pleasant on this Tuesday afternoon. Highs in the upper 60s to mid-70s. Clear and chilly tonight. Lows in the upper 40s to mid-50s. And another comfortable day overall tomorrow. Upper 60s to mid-70s with mostly than partly sunny skies. Rain is in the forecast on Thursday. 
I'm Storm Team 4 meteorologist Amelia Draper. 72 in Fort Belvoir, 72 in Silver Spring, 72 in Northwest D.C. And it's all brought to you this afternoon by Long Fence. Save 15% on Long Fence decks, pavers, and fences. Go to longfence.com today and schedule your free in-home estimate. 311 new this afternoon. The Supreme Court, at least for now, rejects a so-called personhood appeal. This was a case that hoped to give embryos and fetuses constitutional rights. The high court chose not to hear the case, which would have allowed anti-abortion advocates to further restrict the procedure. Well, joining us live to talk more about this, CBS News legal analyst Thane Rosenbaum. Thane, good to have you back. Thank you so much for joining us. Always enjoyed being both with you, Hillary and Sean. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, in a nutshell, tell us about the origins of this case. Who are the plaintiffs and what do they claim? So there are two Catholic women in Rhode Island that were challenging a statute that attempted to uh, legislate Roe v. Wade, right, to grant a state right uh, to an abortion, right, essentially taking the Roe v. Wade language and saying the state legislature is going to adopt it. <clears throat> so these were two women who said, look, my, uh, my fetus, unborn child, has rights uh, under the Constitution to uh, equal protection and due process, and you can't essentially kill it. Right. I mean, that's really what these personhood statutes were about. Um, remember, Roe v. Wade was about viability. Right. Woman, the state has an interest in preserving the life of a child once he or she becomes viable outside the womb. More recently, we've seen other things like in Mississippi, reducing the viability time from 24 weeks to 15 weeks. Then we saw these fetal heartbeat laws, right, in Texas. Uh, after six weeks, if you can detect a heartbeat, now you've got a person, right? And then the most extreme, I guess, is to say, you don't have a need a heartbeat, uh, you, don't need, you don't need to be viable, you just need to be pregnant, and once you're pregnant, there's a person in there. So some states just created these personhood statutes in order to challenge Roe v. Wade, to say that you can't, that the viability is not the key, it's personhood itself. So will this have any effect on those states that already have these personhood laws? Or uh, Georgia, for example, which already lets a woman claim a fetus as a dependent or tax credit? I know, Hillary, that's an interesting one. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say is this, that, you know, I'm not surprised that the Supreme Court didn't want to hear this. Why? Well, it said in Dobbs, the, the government, the Constitution is not in the abortion business, right? Abortion is a moral issue. It should be decided in the political sphere through your state legislatures. That's all that Dobbs says, right? That there's no, con the Constitution says nothing about abortion. And so therefore, kick it back to the political process. For the, for the Supreme Court to hear this case, right, it would have to say that the government is in the abortion business again, right? Why? Because what, why would you grant rights to a fetus? What rights, what does a fetus really need other than life, right? Like there's not, they don't need free speech, right? The fetus doesn't need freedom of religion. The only reason to grant personhood, if, if it's in the Constitution, which it isn't, but the Supreme Court could have said that personhood applies, 14th Amendment applies to a fetus as well. So I think that given the fact that it already said the government is, the Constitution is not in the abortion business, I'm not surprised that it's at least incrementally at this so quickly after Dobbs not granting constitutional rights to a fetus because there's no reason to do so other than to protect the, the life of the, of the fetus.
Thane, thanks for uh, giving us an explanation and helping us understand. Appreciate it. Thank you, Fane. Anytime. Mm-hmm. CBS legal analyst, Thane Rosenbaum. Sports coming at you next. With the Price is Right scratcher from the Virginia Lottery, game time is anytime. Hey, one ounce tube of sunscreen, SPF 70. I'm going to say 479, 499. That means it's time to spin the wheel. The Price is Right scratcher from the Virginia Lottery. Scratch to spin the wheel and see if you have the winning bid at the Showcase Showdown. Two games in one with a top prize of 200000 at a retailer near you. Odds of winning top prize in the Price is Right, one in 2040000 Sports at 15 and 45, powered by Red River. Technology decisions aren't black and white. Think red. 315, Dave Preston here. Philly's raking yeah. in game one. You know, Ricky from Reading is pumped as Philadelphia leads Atlanta 7-1 in the fifth inning. Nick Castellanos, three for three with three RBI, getting underway later this hour. Game one of the division series between Houston and Seattle. NFL commanders play Chicago in two days. Quarterback Carson Wentz bothered by a banged-up shoulder, but not by Coach Ron Rivera's comments yesterday that made it sound as though Wentz was the one holding this team back. Coach addressed it, handled it. Nothing for me that I'm overly concerned about. Coach is a very straightforward, upfront guy, and um, he addressed it in the team meeting, which I thought was really cool, um, and what he meant by it all. So uh, I feel very confident in that. WTOP's George Wallace caught practice today at Ashburn. We'll hear from him at 345. College basketball, Big Ten Media Day in Minneapolis. Maryland men's coach Kevin Willard is still getting used to life off the court. You gotta know how to eat crab cakes. And you gotta know how to, like I'm learning how to crack crabs and eat crabs. <laughs> it's a new thing for me. Very hard. You gotta split the middle and you take the legs off and then you go through the whole process. Now at WTOP, we are a full service radio station. I looked into the archives three years ago. We did a piece on WTOP.com about eating crabs, video and all. We've tweeted said feature at DAV Presto and at WTOP. And for the record, nobody cracks crabs or rocks the curly W hat like former program director Mike McMurtry. <laughs> Dave Preston, WTOP Sports. How true. Thank you, Dave. Now to the top stories we're following for you on WTOP. Leaders in Prince George's County say a 30-day curfew for kids worked, contributing to an overall drop in crime, so they've chosen to extend it through the end of the year. Well, it was based on new DNA testing. Now prosecutors in Baltimore have dropped charges against Adnan Syed in the 1999 killing of Heyman Lee. That case was chronicled by the hit podcast Serial. The Baltimore State's attorney says her office will continue to pursue justice for Lee, but has closed the case against Syed. Russian forces carpeted Ukraine with a fresh barrage of missiles and munition-carrying drones. This one day after strikes across the country killed at least 19 people. The U.N. Human Rights Office says this is particularly shocking and could amount to war crimes. Stay with WTOP for more on these stories in just minutes. Coming up in Money News. The Dow is now down 22 points. Is it still a good time to buy? I'm Jeff Glabel. It's 318. We've got traffic and weather on the 8th. Back to Dave Dildine in the WTOP Traffic Center. In Virginia, northbound of the George Washington Parkway. Slow traffic near the Key Bridge. Very slow traffic from Chain Bridge Road past the CIA employee-only exit. And there's a work zone closer to Turkey Run with only at last port one lane to the left getting by on the north end of the George Washington Parkway. 
Inside the Beltway, where it's usually moving well, westbound traffic on 66 is slow. A crash had been reported before Sycamore Street, and now we've got very slow traffic westbound on 66 through Centerville. A crash in the main lanes after Route 29, blocking the left side of the main lanes to the right of the plastic flex posts. If you use the Easy Pass lanes, you get by without delay. In Manassas, on 28 southbound traffic, it's jammed because of a work zone paving near Manassas Drive. Only one lane is slowly getting by. From the interloop of the Beltway, following 95 from Van Dorn Street, southbound through Springfield, there is an incident at the beginning of the flyover ramp in the Springfield interchange. Not in camera, no specifics yet. Southbound on 95, recurring congestion in Woodbridge. Southbound on 395, slow but steadier past the Pentagon with a crash after Washington Boulevard cleared. Uh, on the Beltway in Virginia, outer loop traffic slow through Tyson's, inner loop slow through McLean to the Legion Bridge. All earlier incidents should be uh, clear or at least uh, resolved in the district. Outbound traffic on I-295 and DC-295 is certainly slow, as it is outbound on New York Avenue, but the crash past South Dakota Avenue is now out of sight and out of mind. 50 from Chevrolet to the Bay Bridge, no delays. Beltway volume delays developing on the, Bel uh, the Beltway in Maryland and on 270 northbound near 121 Clarksburg. I-70 westbound after Mount Airy. The crash on the far right side. Connecticut Avenue northbound through Chevy Chase. Slow police were stopped with someone near the Beltway and blocking a lane on Connecticut Avenue North. Join GDIT to grow your career beyond your imagination in government, defense, health, and intelligence. Evolve your world. Apply at GDIT.com slash careers. Dave Dildine, WTOP Traffic. We still have a nice, warm October sunshine and beautiful blue skies. Amelia has the details. Sunny and beautiful on this Tuesday afternoon. Highs in the upper 60s to mid-70s. For tonight, clear. Lows in the upper 40s to mid-50s. Tomorrow, similar highs. Upper 60s to mid-70s with mostly to partly sunny skies. On Thursday, have the umbrella handy with rain in the forecast. It could be a rainy day from start to finish with up to an inch of rain possible and breezy winds gusting up to 30 miles an hour. Temperatures near 70. I'm Storm Team 4 meteorologist Amelia Draper. We're loving this afternoon, aren't we? It's yeah. 70 degrees in Bowie, 72 in Leesburg, 70 in Northwest D.C. Brought to you by Len the Plumber. Trusted same-day service, seven days a week. Stay with us. Coming up, a new court challenge for the I-270 toll lane project. It's 321. When you wake up to go to work, do you ever think about how important your job is? When you hear steam fitter as an occupation, what do you think of? The truth is, most people don't know what a steam fitter is. More importantly, what we do and how much it impacts you. And to truly understand how important of a job it is, just take a moment to think about what your world would look like if you didn't have the ability to generate electricity, to have heating or air conditioning, microchip production, internet service, web-based storage, cellular service, medical gas systems in hospitals, lab gases for laboratories, pharmaceutical production, and frozen or refrigerated produce. Could you imagine? And these are just some of the things that we impact. The reality is that if steam fitters didn't install, retrofit, service, and maintain all the various systems that we are assigned to take care of, society would look completely different. Please visit steamfitters-602.org and let's talk about how we can bring value to you. 322. Sorcery. Romance. Melodrama on an epic scale. Washington National Opera presents Verdi's Il Trovatore for the ultimate night out. 
With its sweeping scope, soaring melodies, and instantly recognizable anvil chorus, this is opera at its most spectacular. A world-class cast unites to master Verdi's vocal acrobatics in this sensational story. October 22nd through November 7th in the Opera House. Tickets at kennedy-center.org. You can be Latino and not speak Spanish. You can be Latino even if others believe you don't look Latino. Today, more than ever, there's no one way of defining what it means to be Latino. But there is one way of defining how to make our community stronger. Being unidos. Because being unidos is the best way to create more and better opportunities for all of us. Unidos U.S., the largest Latino civil rights organization in the United States. Join us. Visit unidosus.org. WTOP News Time 323. This is WTOP News. Environmental advocates want to stop the Beltway and 270 toll lane project. A number of groups, including the Maryland branch of the Sierra Club, filed a federal suit today. It claims the project's approval was based on an insufficient and error-filled environmental review. The suit names Maryland's Department of Transportation and the Federal Highway Administration. It alleges that the project is harmful and unnecessary. It also says it will increase air pollution and cost drivers millions of dollars in new tolls while failing to address the region's traffic problems. This suit also seeks historical protection for the remains of Morningstar Moses Cemetery. That's a burial ground dating back to a historic black community damaged during the Beltway construction of the 1960s. A lawsuit over the future of a removed Robert E. Lee monument has now moved forward. Last year, the monument was removed and donated to the Jefferson School African American Heritage Center, which planned to melt it down and transform it into a piece of art. The Ratcliffe Foundation and the Trevilian Station Battlefield Foundation are suing the city to stop the center's plan. On Monday, a judge set a one-day non-jury trial for February 1st in the case. The Lee Monument has been in an undisclosed location, and the judge also ruled that the Jefferson Center must reveal to the plaintiff's lawyers where it is, and any expert witnesses must be allowed to inspect it. Acacia James, WTOP News. Blink-182 is reuniting and Sean is dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Tom DeLong, Mark Hoppus, and Travis Barker say they're back together for a 2023 tour to promote a new album they're releasing next year. Look for a comeback single called Edging to drop this Friday. It'll be the first time the band performed together in nearly 10 years. They announced an indefinite hiatus in 2005. The Blink-182 tour will hit D.C.'s Capital One Marina Arena May 23rd and the newly renovated Baltimore Arena May 26th. WTOP at 325. We've got money news at 25 and 55. On to Jeff Claybaugh. A little more than a half an hour of trading to go. The Dow is up uh, just three points. The S&P 500 index is down 30. The Nasdaq's down 144 points. It's almost 1.5%. Shares of Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash are all sharply lower. The Labor Department has announced a proposed rule change that would tweak the way workers can be classified as employees or independent contractors. A monthly Fannie Mae consumer survey about the housing market is about as downbeat as it's been in years. Just 19% of those surveyed think this is a good time to buy a home. 35% believe home prices will fall in the next 12 months. Jeff Clayball, WTOP News. 
Money News brought to you by Audible. The best audio entertainment this fall is on Audible. It's the home of storytelling with audiobooks, exclusive originals, popular podcasts, and more. All in one app. Sign up for a free 30-day trial at audible.com. More rocket attacks against Ukraine. We'll talk about it coming up. It's 326. Hear frontline voices on emergency response in partnership with Verizon. With Northern Virginia having so many different communities right next to each other, it's important for fire departments to work together, and they do it well, says Mark Davidson, a captain with Fairfax County Fire and Rescue. When you look at how we respond,